0: The Beef and Dairy Network is sponsored by Granium, the famous nutritional sand from Mitchells. If it's not Mitchells, get back in the truck. Following the recent success of our three new flavors, we've decided to branch out and provide another raft of great flavor options, all delivering that classic Granium sandy nutrition boost. So now you can choose from Original Seaside, Cajun Onion, Honey Oat, Beef, Chicken Barcelona, Watermelon Daiquiri, Decorative Gourd, Three fish medley, line-caught venison, family-style shrimp and quail leg roulade, thousand clove hogshead, heritage plum, and cool minted trout. For 10% off your next order of granium, simply use the code
1: MintMyTrout,
0: Hello and welcome to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, the number one podcast for those involved or just interested in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is the podcast companion to the Beef and Dairy Network website as well as the printed magazine brought to you by Granium Nutritional Sand. Now if you live in the UK you will have no doubt seen or heard the adverts running on British television and radio about the rollout of the UK government's new Beef Information Centre building programme.
2: You may have received a letter informing you that your home is subject to a compulsory purchase order. This means that your property will be bought and then demolished to make room for the construction of a Beef Information Centre.
0: The new Beef Information Centres have all the information you might need about beef, a bit like a bricks-and-mortar version of this podcast. After a successful pilot scheme last year, the government has pledged to build over 200,000 beef information centres in the next 10 years, in what is to be the largest infrastructure project since the Wilson government's failed Tunnel to America. I spoke to Bob Heath, a local county councillor in Pottleton, a small town in Lancashire, which opened one of the first pilot beef information centres after Bob lobbied the government hard for the town to host the building.
3: Pottleton is... It's a lovely town. It's a lovely town. Friendly, welcoming people... Uh, some murders uh, and a, a general sense of sort of camaraderie amongst people we've we're not that big uh you know but the the beef center is going to put us on the map because up until now we haven't been on the map and that is something i've wanted to correct for a long time oh literally not on the map uh, no not at all
0: so if i were to buy a, an ordnance survey map of of the northwest of england what would i see where Puddleton is
3: you would just see a key for the rest of the map so, it'd be like, this is a bridge, this is a tree. Oh, I see. Uh,
0: yes, hmm. of course. So, for every map, there's a town underneath the key. I'd never really thought about that.
3: That's it. You know, uh, that's a lot of people don't think about that, you know, when they're reading maps, that there's always a town behind, you know, behind every great key is a little town.
0: I mean, the good news for you, really, is that the Ordnance Survey map, whilst uh, a kind of venerable uh, institution, really, in, in Britain, isn't now probably the main way people look at maps it's obviously more you know of an online thing now they're probably looking at google maps for example Mm -hmm. so surely you're on there
3: well yes you you would hope so unfortunately and listen i'm no it expert but however it's working pottleton always ends up underneath the street view toggle on google maps and i don't know how that's happening but it means that no one can see us So even if you try and move the map so that you can sort of zoom in on Pottleton? I have moved it every which way, scrolled and swiped and zoomed in, and it is still stuck under that Street View toggle. I have no idea how that happens. I have emailed Mark Zuckerberg, a CCZ Nick Clegg. Apparently they don't deal with it, they're Facebook. But either way, the ball's in their court. When you say the, uh, the Street View toggle, is that the little yellow man? Yes, absolutely. That little yellow man. It's like being taunted by a jelly baby. It's disgraceful.
4: Uh, Hello, my name is Raymond Courtley, and I'm the MP for the Somerset Levels.
0: Raymond Courtley MP was the first MP to suggest the Beef Information Centre building programme back when he was first elected in 2010. After 12 years, his tireless work on the backbenches is finally bearing fruit. In fact, the first u k beef information center was opened in his constituency last year, which he told me was a huge moment for him
4: huge huge moment um it's just the sort of thing you always dream of when you when you go into politics you know you want to bring change you want to you want to see the looks on people's faces when their lives become measurably better, and you know seeing people seeing people flock to the center um of a Sunday morning with the kids in tow. Happy families, smiling all the way. All you know, they they they, they had people dishing out, uh, dishing out a few little uh, topside slices in the foyer. It was it was fantastic to see.
0: I asked Raymond why he thinks the beef information centres are
4: so important. Well, I don't need to tell you how many different cuts of beef there are. A uh, lot of confusion there. People wondering whether what they bought was beef. We live in we live in a dangerous time where. Uh, the number of beef or meat imitation products are proliferating. Uh, unless people are trained to to look out for the signs of these scams, um, it's, you know they're they they're very convincing. It's very easy to get sucked in by them. And and people were coming to me saying, I don't know whether what I've bought is beef, and I would say to them, Look, go and get it looked at. Go and go and go and present it at the at the desk at the beef information centre. They'll be able to tell you. And nine nine times out of ten the the stuff we've binned because these people have been sucked in by the McCartney cult. And it, it, it is it is it's wonderful to know that people are able now to have confidence that what they're buying is beef. Um it is the real thing. Uh and it, feel like you're providing an educational service. it's people people ask me about cutting back on essential services like like schools in order to fund beef information centres. It's precisely because of the failing of schools that we have to provide these centres. Kids are emerging from, from the education system
3: um, unable to tell beef from non-beef. It all comes down to one word, education, or two words, beef education, because people in the town, and specifically I'm talking about the young people, young people today, they don't know about beef. They don't respect beef and i think young people should be able to see the beauty behind the beef
0: this is just a little pet theory of mine you know i'm not giving this loads of thought but do you think it's got anything to do with the rise of vaping
3: i think i think you've hit the nail bang on the head there i think it's absolutely to do with vaping we had a lovely family butchers for 25 30 years then all of a sudden you know 2009 comes around, bang, it's a vape centre. And, you know, it's it's a bugbear for me because vaping, while all, you know, all well and good, is not as important as beef. So, you know, that was my first step when I became counsellor was to evict the vape centre. And I'm glad that I did that because slowly by, bit by bit, we're, we're clawing back to our beefy heritage. But ironically, of course,
0: you know, if you switch from cigarettes, which taste of tobacco smoke to vaping, you could plausibly have a beef-flavoured vape.
3: Well, yeah, I'm not opposed to that. You know, that's why we sell them in the gift shop at the Beef Information Centre, because there is there is room for vape. Let's not forget that. There is always room for vape. But it's got to be beef-based. It's got to be beef-based. Otherwise, we're just going backwards. So what
0: was life like for young people in Pottleton before you opened the Beef Information Centre?
3: They were wasting their lives. They were, you know, you... Speak to any kid, any kid on the high street in Pottleton a couple of years ago, and you said, you know, what's in that bum bag? They would open it up, and you wouldn't find beef; you'd find an onion, or a little bit of lamb. Right, and that, you know, that that's hard to to stomach. And they, I, I assume they're stealing those onions. They, they are stealing those onions. It, you know, that was a a black period in Pottleton's history. One that I hope we've finally managed to close the book on. But I think this Beef Information Center is showing that there is more to life than stealing onions.
0: Mm. And, uh, and, and and other fruits.
3: And other fruits.
0: Now, Raymond, um, I believe that as well as educating the young people there about beef, many of the young people who live there in the Somerset levels are actually volunteering at the centre.
4: This is the thing, that the, that the benefit of the Beef Information Centre is not just about the people who attend. It's staffed by constituents of mine who haven't found their way in the world. Uh, for example, maybe if i could give you a, a quick example. On, on Wednesday mornings, it's staffed by a young kid who was causing trouble. He was on lamb. He would mm-hmm. break into local National Trust properties. It's this, this, there's this large country house that once belonged to the Earl of Marlborough, my constituency. And then, under the cover of darkness, he would wander about the grounds, pulling the heads off the peacocks. Wow! Just what? Just just yank it off? Yes, clean off in one, like opening a bottle of champagne. Um, he would just pull them, pull them straight off using his fist. And now he works in the in the beef information centre. I visited the other day; absolutely gobsmacked to see him there, giving out beef information. It, it's it's changed his life.
0: Wow! Wow! And that's just. You know that's just a microcosm. If that's happening in every town across the UK, then that's a huge number of people that would otherwise have gone off the rails. You know that's credit to you. Is it? I don't know if we could organise me speaking to him. That would be a great interview that we could get for this program.
4: Uh, he has now gone to prison. Is
0: that related to the 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 peacock thing? Or uh,
4: it, it 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 was yes yes.
0: Is there um, a specific law against doing that?
4: It was more what he was doing with the heads once they'd come off.
3: What we've managed to build is truly something quite special. An absolute hive mind of all the information you could ever want to know about beef. And we've left no stone unturned putting this centre together and and really doing our best to educate people about about beef. You know, we've got the 6,000 seater theater in there where people can watch a documentary on a loop throughout the day that's the documentary me and beef my complicated life with meat's best bits that's hosted by ian Botham, and it's 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 really lovely to get that finally aired you know we made that a few years ago invested a lot of money in that and we've finally got it back out um we've also got a whole floor dedicated to the life cycle of beef you know from from starting out as a cow so being on the plate and everything in between, it's it's wonderful to behold. And, uh, you know, you mentioned yourself, the vape smells really bring that experience to life. And, you know, more, more things as well. We've got the virtual reality room where you can have a VR exploration through an abattoir. That's something else that's really quite special. And we're starting to branch into swimming with beef, giving those sorts of experience holidays for people as well. We tried it with cows, but health and safety came down as like a ton of bricks. But now you can get into a 60-foot pool with a slab of brisket. Wow. I mean, obviously it sounds brilliant,
0: but it's not been uncontroversial, has it? So um, I believe that building the centre has put pressure on your council's budget. There's obviously some funding from central government, but you've had to make up the shortfall. And in doing so, I believe you've had to make some some big cuts elsewhere. Is
3: that right? Yes. Look, we've lost a few services, okay? it's It's not ideal, okay? No one likes that. There's always going to be unpopular decisions in... Politics, you know, yes, we got rid of the library, but I stand by that, okay? Bin collections, they were going to go down to once a month. They've gone completely now. That's fine. I think if you ask the people of Pottleton whether they would rather have a service that comes and disposes of their bins for them or a massive centre of information about beef, you know what answer you're going to get. And it's going to be very beefy. Uh, How are people then managing to deal with the the refuse that they
0: create? Because I I think people think of bin collection as being a sort of very basic level service that we've now come to expect. You know, people are still creating rubbish, right?
3: People see it as a negative no bin collection. I see it as a springboard for something truly positive. And that's why we're holding the bin fires every month by the War Memorial. It's the only way to bring this community together and dispose of food waste. So just
0: talk me through that. It's a just a single bonfire?
3: Yeah, absolutely. The biggest bonfire you've ever seen. People come from all over Pottleton, dispose of their rubbish. Uh, You know, we also do hot dogs for the kiddies and uh, beef hot dogs. And, uh, you know, people just discard all sorts of rubbish there. There's There's no recycling in Pottleton. Everything goes on the bonfire.
0: And you're saying that's become a kind of positive
3: community spirited event? Well, of course it has. Of course it has. I mean... You cannot stand next to a raging grease fire and not feel some sense of camaraderie with your fellow man. It's just the way we work. And people are coming together and they're doing it. They're not doing it happily, but they're doing it together. And ultimately that's what's important.
0: Cuts to essential services haven't just taken place in Pottleton. Councils across the country are having to tighten their belts to fund the Beef Information Centres. I spoke to youth worker Teresa Becton. You may have heard one of our previous interviews with Teresa, for example, when we spoke to her and discovered that she was using the young people from her youth centre as unpaid labour for her online candle business. An online candle business that had to come to a stop this month because the council closed her youth centre to free up funds for a beef information
1: centre. Let me give you an idea of what's going on for these young people. So, since... Uh, the coalition government of 2010 which obviously I enthusiastically voted in there has been cuts across the board to youth services so they used to have an adventure playground they used to have the skate zone I don't know if you know about that they used to have three separate youth centres the youth music trust and uh, the youth homework support service now Over the past 12 years, all of them are gone except my youth centre. And that was partly because I was able to turn a profit uh, by technically registering it as a candle business. However, now, since Liz Truss, who, again, I enthusiastically voted for, because of her, I would say... um, I'm not trying to do down other women. If you look at my record collection, it's all the Spice Girls. But the fact of the matter is, she really ruined it. They've cut the youth centre. So these young people between the ages of four and 35 have nowhere to go. Absolutely nowhere to go. And you can imagine how I feel about that. I'm absolutely thrilled. Oh, you're thrilled? Yes, because for too long, in my borough in particular, there's been a culture of something for nothing
0: hmm okay i guess i guess that's just surprising to me because obviously you're someone who has worked for a council service so i wouldn't necessarily think you'd think that way um what what do you think about the wider question about the wider cuts that councils are having to make to free up enough money to build beef information centers so for example uh you know cutting bin collections great pest control cut it Yep. uh putting grit on the roads when it's when it's icy
1: I'm oh, sorry, I didn't realise people had to drive with the nanny state in their car. Soon you'll be saying everyone has to wear seatbelts, for God's sake. Well, I guess what I'm asking is, what do you think about that principle that
0: those things should be cut in order to build more and bigger beef information centres?
1: What I would say is, if ordinary people needed stuff, they would be rich. And the fact that they're not says something about who they are, don't you think? And the fact is, I'm sorry, but if you aren't rich enough, to literally pay for every part of your life yourself, why should society reinvest your taxes in anything other than a museum of beef?
0: Okay, so aside from building beef information centres, what do you think local councils should do?
1: Not waste money on people whose IQ is so low that they're trying to, what, be a nurse? Excuse me, if anyone with a high IQ can see that being a nurse is a pointless waste of time. Sorry. You've never you've never been helped yourself by a nurse? No, hindered, absolutely hindered. Stealing my blood, don't know where they took it, stole it. I've been counting how much of my blood's been stolen over the years, hundreds of milliliters. No receipt, jabbing me, jabbing me with little sticks every five minutes. I don't like it, I'm sorry. Okay, Bob. yeah, another
0: thing that your councillor has decided to do, which has been a bit controversial, is you've stopped doing anything about stray dogs. Yes, that's uh, correct. Yeah. can I read you a quote from from your local newspaper? the The Potterton Bugle? Go on then, go on then. Uh, the number of stray dogs has completely overwhelmed the high street. Last week, an elderly lady was witnessed dropping a packet of ham from her shopping bag onto the ground. And within five seconds, she had been overrun by over a hundred dogs, seeming to act as one flock, like a huge murmuration of dog starlings, pulsating and rolling over her like a snarling canine sea.
3: Yeah. Strong words there. Can you speak yeah. to that? I can speak to that, actually. And I can say that that level of negativity within our local press is never going to help Hockleton. Okay, we need to rise above that. And yes, the Beef Information Centre is a project all about informing people about beef in a central location, but it's also about levelling up. Let's not forget that. And what better example of the success of our levelling up programme than encouraging stray dogs to work together to forage for food? I can be very proud of that.
0: Sure, but I believe this all came to a head recently where... The huge, now organised pack of stray dogs arrived in the town park next to the war memorial at the time of the monthly bin burning.
3: They did. They did. And listen, everyone is going to remember the night of September the 13th. You know, it was not a positive night for anybody involved. You can try and extricate the smell of singed dog hair from your nose, but it's not going to happen. But the fact of the matter is, it had everybody from puttleton there, villagers, stray dogs alike, and we all came together round the bonfire. That is a sign of hope. And
0: is the kind of thing that, that could attract visitors, right?
3: Absolutely. The herd of burning dogs. It, it creates a real sense of spectacle for any tourists that want to come. And who doesn't want to share that news?
1: What's good for me is that the youth centre's been closed after I have done 21 years of service. I I opened the youth centre on September the 11th, 2001. Now, when I opened it, obviously it was overshadowed. But I have done the full requisite 21 years of service at that youth centre. And now I am entitled to a gold-plated pension. Right. Yes. You're only 41 years
0: old, but you're going into retirement.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Do you think there should be one rule for footballers and one rule for people who work with young people? I just don't understand. This is the problem, actually. This is the problem in our countries. You have people like you, I'm sorry to say, who have been absolutely brainwashed by Tumblr, etc., who are coming out trying to say that just because somebody has dedicated their life to public service and also to wellness with regard to candle making, that they should not be allowed to retire on a CEO salary at 41 years old. That, to me, smacks of elitism.
0: Okay, so it's clear that you're going to be okay. Um, But what about the young people that you've been working with over the past 21 years? Do you have any regrets about how that's all just coming to an end?
1: I've been a part of this process. And I can honestly say it's been... Something I will never regret because you haven't worked with these people like I have for 21 years. There's absolutely nothing good about any of them. Are they talented? No. Is there an island of hidden potential? No. There's, what I would tell you that youth workers taught me is that potential is a lie no nobody has any potential not a soul on this earth and the best thing for them at best is once every couple of weeks to be able to look at a leaflet about beef
0: well bob thank you so much for for telling me about the beef information center i'm glad it's such a success um i believe you're getting pretty good visitor numbers
3: we are we are in the top top teens
0: Well, that's very encouraging.
3: Uh, And I guess my last question really is you know, what next for Pottleton? Listen, I can't finalise anything for definite, but the plan is very much to build another beef information centre.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, And given what we know about the budget, you know, you've had to stop doing bin collections. You've had to let the the stray dogs almost take over the high street. How are you going to pay for this new beef information centre?
3: We're going to demolish a hospital.
0: Hang on, is that really within your power as a local councillor to to demolish a hospital?
3: Well, look, if you're reading the rule books, probably not. But the way I see it is, people can only complain once you've demolished it. If you don't tell them it's going to happen, they can't get the jump on you. Well, this will be going out publicly, this this interview. Fine. (laughs) By the time this goes out, I'll be down there with the bulldozers. (laughs) We're it out the back wall of (laughs) A&E. Politics is about
4: making decisions that change lives. And I can't think of a bigger and more life-changing decision than demolishing a hospital and building a beef information centre. Mistake politicians have always made, uh, particularly with health, is to think of it as separate from other policy areas, as if health isn't directly related to care, isn't directly related to beef. It, it's time for a bit more joined up thinking. Maybe people wouldn't be in hospital in the first place if their, if their systems were more robust uh, as a result of eating a, a beef-rich diet. I,
0: I see what you mean, but you, I think you probably have to concede that people are going to start asking questions in their local area once things like hospitals start coming down. They're going to start to notice and they're going to start to ask questions about the money side of what it's costing society to build the the sheer number of beef information centres that your government wish to build?
4: Well, the, the the cost of running a hospital is a is a fraction of what it costs to run a beef information centre. I think it works out to about a third. Um, so, if anything, what people will will come to realise if they if they care to look into the the financing of this uh, is that we should be cutting back on more other services, not less. Each council has their own budget. It's very much like a household budget. Um, I myself last year wanted to build a bandstand in my garden with a full-time brass band on retainer to play uh, whenever I want. And in order to do so, I could no longer afford the upkeep of my dove coat. And so that was torn down, and all the doves were sold to a nearby circus. So what, what's the point you're making there? Well, we have to reassess what we spend our money on in this country. People often complain about I don't know the reduction in what they what they see as essential services in order to make way for beef information centres. And, and I would just I would just push back on that and say, what do you mean when you say an essential service? What do you t- are you talk about something like transport, for example? Let's take transport as an example. If you take a, a poll of thirty people, as I did the other week uh, in a car park behind a local family butcher, how many of those people had just hopped off a bus? Zero. How many people were planning to eat a beef product for dinner that evening or at some point in the coming days? 30. Okay? Now mm. You tell me what the essential service really is there.
0: You're talking about transport. That's buses, trains, trams. Mm. Aren't they just a, a way that people can access beef?
4: Well, it's, it's all very well saying you can access beef. How are you supposed to access beef? You don't know where it is. You don't know where to find it. Fundamentally, this is about knowledge. It's about equipping people with the information they need to make decisions for themselves to get on in life. It's like that old expression, give a man a fish. You know, frankly, people are fed up of being given fish. They want beef and they want to know where to find it locally.
2: The following is a message from the UK government. You may have noticed that a beef information centre has opened in your local area as part of the UK government's Beef Information Centre building programme. By 2030, everyone in the UK should be no more than half a mile from a Beef Information Centre. To find your nearest Beef Information Centre, go to www.beefinformationcentre.beefinformationcentre.gov.uk forward slash beefinformationcentre and use the interactive map. If you don't have access to the internet in your home, simply ask to use the internet at your local Beef Information Centre. Inside the Beef Information Centre, you will find all the pamphlets, instructional videos, exhibitions and interactive displays that you could ever need. Use of the Beef Information Center is totally free and you can take as many leaflets as you wish. Each Beef Information Center is staffed by a team of volunteers known as the Beef Rangers. A Beef Ranger will do everything in their power to help you. When you hear a siren, please quickly and calmly make your way to your local beef information centre and shelter there until the sirens stop. The beef rangers will protect you. The beef rangers are armed with electric crossbows. The beef rangers have taken an oath to lay down their lives for you. Please take off your shoes and socks and remain barefoot whilst inside the beef information centre. With the beef.
0: Well, thank you, Raymond, for making time to speak with me. I know you're a very busy person. I'll uh, let you go in, in a moment, but there's one thing that I feel like it would be remiss of me not to mention, given that I am a journalist and we're, we're speaking today. Mm. And I, I'm thankful for you done with the beef information centres, but um, you know, there's a potential scandal brewing if, if we're to believe uh, can, people. On- can
4: I? Can I just? Can I just stop you there? For for a, for a start, I didn't. Realize it was a costume, and I didn't realize she was Russian, much less a spy.
0: Uh, well, I—that's not the scandal I was. I don't think that was what I was talking about. What's? Sorry, what are you referring to?
4: nothing. No, um, forget, forget. I said that was, um, it was a, it it was a really convincing costume of the character Elsa from Frozen, and I believed, hand on heart, that I was speaking with, uh, and later having sexual intercourse with with Elsa.
0: Elsa is a CGI
4: character from yes, the film. Yeah. There, there there were obvious red flags that I should have seen. Um uh, you know hindsight's a, a wonderful thing one being that yes princess Elsa is CGI, another being why would Elsa want to make love on a on a bed of classified documents? Right.
0: I, again, that's not really the scandal. That's not what I'd heard about. Um, the one I was referring to is that people have been saying the only reason that you're championing this building program of Beef Information Centers is that you've been receiving huge donations, essentially kickbacks, from the companies that are building uh, the Beef Information Centers.
4: Uh, look, I I, I don't accept your characterization, but, but let me just address that directly, because it's perfectly normal for political campaigns uh, to receive donations. Um, as far as I'm aware, only donations, uh, denominated in inorganic currencies are to be declared with the register of members interest. And since I was paid in beef product, I didn't think it was required uh, to make such a declaration. Um, my views on beef are well known. I don't think it will come as a surprise to your listeners that I'm endorsed by certain, uh, angry food entities. Um, all proper rules were followed, and and I don't I don't have anything uh, to add to what I've what I've already said on the matter.
0: So your feeling is that you know, excuse me for being indelicate here, but it's fine to get bribed if the bribe is beef.
4: If if the bribe is beef, then ye- then yes, it is okay. And you feel that's
0: in keeping with not just the letter but also the spirit uh, of the law when it comes to these matters uh,
4: within the spirit of the law. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. But you know, you have to you you have to stick to your principles when you you go into parliament. People don't go into parliament uh, to make a lot of beef. If you happen to make a lot of beef along the way, then fine, but that's not that's not what drives me. And I want to make that clear, it's not what drives me. When I go into parliament, I advocate for greater understanding and awareness of beef and beef products. I mean yes, do I do I enjoy some perks of the job? Of course, fine, guilty. And yes, maybe I receive over a thousand kilograms of beef a week. Um you know, so sue me.
0: Do you think that overall life has improved? If you're a teenager living in Potterton today, are you better off now than you were this time last year?
3: You know it's a, it's a good question. I was thinking about this just the other night when I was down at the community bin burning I was looking at the youth of Bottleton through the haze of the fire and they were smoking beef flavoured vapes and trying to steal food from the stray dogs and I looked at that and I thought yes this is my legacy and I am happy with that
0: Big thanks to everyone who spoke to me for that piece. And if a Beef Information Centre has been built in your local area, why not go along? Remember, it's free. But you are paying for it. So that's all we've got time for this month. But if you're after more beef and dairy news, why not get over to our website now, where you'll find all the usual stuff, as well as our off-topic section, where this month we get the definitive answer to a question that has plagued historians for decades exactly how many buns was Winston Churchill eating in an average day and here's a little spoiler it's a lot of buns and I mean a lot like that guy could pack away buns so until next time beef out Thanks to Rob Gilroy, Simon Alcock, Josie Long, Gemma Arismith, and Julissa.
3: Manolo, guess what? Manolo, guess what?
2: What, what, what? Dr.
3: Game Show has made it to 100 episodes on Maximum Fun.
2: Oh, that's true. I knew that.
3: Well, to celebrate, we are releasing our entire Earwolf archives to Max Fun members. That's anyone who gives $5 or more monthly to support podcasts like
1: Dr. Game Show.
2: That's 63 episodes with in-studio comedian guests like Jason Manzucas, Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers, Joe Parra, Todd Berry and Janine Garofalo, Connor O'Malley, Chris Guthrie, and more
3: plus three bonus episodes that include two pilot episodes wow two pilots must be good
2: find the feed at maximumfunorg boco b-o-c-o
3: stands for bonus
0: content mm-hmm.
2: presenting the new maxfunstore.com. we've got shirts for your torso hats for your head
4: drinkware for your finest beverages and so much more Starring your
2: favorite Max Fun shows with new and classic designs. Find the perfect gift for the podcast fan in your life. Heck, that could be you. We're not judging. Head to MaxFunStore.com now. That's MaxFunStore.com.
0: MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.